The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Every one of us has one of those little quirky habits, whether it's seen or unseen, that we need to find, you know, find our way out of or move uh, beyond. And so I thought the serenity prayer would be the perfect notion because we, we have to begin to accept the things we cannot change. Welcome back to the first edition of On the Pulse of 2024. Happy New Year to you, and I'm so glad to see you back here on the show. Now, today, I thought, why not look at New Year's resolutions, or partly at New Year's resolutions? Did you know I just read a study by Forbes Health and OnePaul, and apparently out of a 1,000 Americans, about 48% actually say their New Year's resolution is fitness. About 62% actually feel they have to make a resolution for the new year. And so people are really, really adamant to change everything about their life. And if I look at the priority list, so there's fitness, there's finance, there's mental health, weight loss, and there's also to improve general diet. Now that is one part of the equation. The other part of the equation, and I don't know whether you've done New Year's resolutions in the past and have stuck to them or not. But here's the far more interesting part. Guess what? About 1%, that's actually not too bad, drop out after 17 days only. So on the 17th of January, 22% after two months, 22% after three months, and about 13% after four months. Meaning that all in all, only about 8% of whoever made a resolution to change everything, to go for abundance, to go for prosperity, to go for health, mental health, general fitness, is actually reaching their goal. That I thought very interesting. And couple that with it being the year of the wood dragon, which actually means prosperity and abundance, if you look at the Chinese or the Japanese description of it. So all in all, this period could maybe be a chance for you to really pull through. Now, why am I telling you all of these statistics, apart from me making my own resolutions, is I want you and me and everybody actually have a chance in 2024 to pull it through with a real system to really get some wealth, prosperity, and abundance, not only this year, but perhaps for the next few years, if not decades. And this is why I bring to you today um, Reverend James Parker's new book, The Wealth Spark, Igniting Your Path to Abundance and Success. Reverend James, I'm so happy to have you here on The Pulse. And I hope I laid the land a little bit and placed your book 
into it to give a bit more context to the book, which goes, of course, a lot further than just New Year's resolution. It goes beyond that in terms of we want to change, we want to make things better, we want to go for success, abundance, and prosperity. The question always is the how. Welcome to the show. Just so happy to be here. And yes, uh, you were spot on in everything you said. So I want to uh, start by saying I am a child of the dragon. So I am born in the year of the dragon as well. And, it, and I, I did not know, though, that it was the year of prosperity. So you've taught me something already. There is a consciousness, a, 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 a holistic consciousness. I call it holistic wealth. And this holistic wealth is about our whole being, not just uh, our finances, not just our relationship, not just, you know, uh, how we are getting along in life. What I really want to bring to bear is that um, there is uh, this aspect, this thing called holistic wealth or holistic prosperity that enriches every aspect of your, your being, every aspect of your life, not just your finances. It, it, uh, it's, it's, an, it's igniting a path to a abundant and fulfilled sense of living. And that is, I think, exactly where your book is so much more interesting than just any any book that goes and talks about how to make more money, because it goes beyond that. And uh, when I looked at um, what you wrote in, in those six chapters uh, of your book, I wanted to ask you exactly what is your definition you want the reader to get what wealth really means and let's drill deeper on the on that concept on those concepts because it is more than as you were just saying the physical or the financial wealth we're talking about so i i i think that there is a more uh uh enriching and enhancing form of abundant success prosperity that is available to us and so the wealth spark is really about redefining success through the concept of holistic wealth, which is, is it's not just about financial gain. It's about igniting a, a transformative journey that leads to financial. The book, this book is, is a, I would call it a, a blueprint for mastering a, a wealth mindset, um, establishing positive habits, taking uh, controlled action, and ultimately crafting a life that is not just lived, but lived abundantly. You know, I, I call it a special and more overflowing form of success. And I think this is uh, the interesting part here, because um, you just said you have to have a holistic wealth that actually is the basis of eventually getting to financial wealth. And this is perhaps where a lot of people go wrong, sure. or if they reach financial health and wealth, they still feel empty. They have actually uh, made it, yes. are successful, but still feel hollow. Can you just kind of build up that relationship between a holistic or let's say internal type of wealth? You mentioned mindset emotions, and then the actual result, which is maybe more of an expression of what is happening inside us in terms of financial wealth, for example. Yes. Yeah. So that, that that's, again, another great point. What I find is that there is a, a serious misconception about uh, prosperity and wealth. Uh, one being that, that uh, wealth in and of itself ensures a uh, an overflowing kind of well-being. And also that, 
and it leads to lasting uh, satisfaction. But th th that that is a total misconception because the wealth in and of itself cannot lead to satisfaction. In fact, um, there are so many other elements that uh, that that bring about a sense of well-being. I spoke to um, one of my senior members uh, in, in my church recently, uh, who was experiencing some 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 challenges, some health challenges. He's reaching ninety years old now, and so uh, I asked him. Uh, so, what would you say is the most important thing in life? If you could go back thirty years, what what would you tell people? And he said to take care of your health. His answer had nothing to do with finances, nothing to do with money. What was really important for him is that he brought himself into a sense of well-being. So we we have to begin to 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 break this myth of prosperity being something that can lead to total satisfaction and begin having a, a holistic uh, form of looking at how we can benefit ourselves by uh, becoming uh, sound emotionally, sound spiritually, sound in our health. Uh, sound in our relationships, to find a place where not only we can benefit ourselves holistically, we can also have financial gain. And and, and that's really, uh, for me, it's really about it, just having some sound habits, sound financial habits. Yeah. And we'll speak about those sound financial habits in a little while. And your story about one of your community members and uh, we should also mention you are the CEO of Unity in Chicago, um, is that they always say when you ask a person that is about to pass, about to leave our um, our world, um, and you ask them, hey, listen, if you look back, what is there something you miss? They never say, I wish I would have bought this. I wish I would have, uh, you know, had a bigger house, car, whatever. But they always say, I wish yes. I would have had yes. more time with my family. I would have, you know, done this yeah. be more courageous so it's always more about the intrinsic value uh, value creation from inside out rather than the accumulation from from assets mm -hmm. but uh, picking up on that reverend james what you were just saying you know the approach just changing the approach to wealth and basically reframing what wealth means and can mean and in your first chapter you actually talk about uh, adopting the wealth mindset Talk to us about what mindset actually really means to you and what mindset once defined really means in terms of how a person, you, I, anybody, then approaches whatever their proximity, um, their, their, their network is, their world is. The, the ideal here is that our thoughts create our reality. Uh, and that's been proven over thousands of years. Our thoughts, what we think is what we produce. And so when when we barrel down on it, we really have to begin to see that it's our our mode of thinking. You know, what are we putting forth? Are we optimistic in our thinking? Are we positive in our thinking? Or are we scarce in our thinking? Are we do we have these limiting beliefs? And that also brings to bear that we what what we're pretty much unconscious of is that we have our, our greatest conversation in a day is with ourselves. Uh, we we spend more time talking to ourselves than we would to anyone else. And often we get ourselves stuck in something called negative self-talk. And we will uh, we will look at uh, past experiences and regret them. We'll grieve over, you know, lost relationships. We'll find ourselves uh, kind of stuck in 
this this notion that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not strong enough. And so we begin to 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 infuse these things into our very DNA. And it's in there always coming up from our subconscious, our egos telling us, well, you're not good enough. Why would you try that? Or, you know, why would you try to meet the, the perfect person? You don't have what it takes. And so we're talking to ourselves constantly and leaving ourselves in these scarce moments. And, and because of that, we're unable to really reach for our goals. And so the, the mindset plays the a very important part in how we produce, how we achieve, how we reach growth, how we find ourselves uh, in the place we are today. And so I really wanted to be able to share with people that it doesn't have to be that way. You can remove those limiting beliefs. You can stop talking to yourself in a negative way. You can get rid of those past hurts and pains, those things have been that have been holding you back, sort of like shackling you to the life that you have instead of making a difference and 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 coming into the life you truly want. And so there, you know, I put together a bunch of strategies and tactics that I like people to use, uh, that I believe that I've seen work, and I know that they work to to benefit themselves to reach their higher self and not just stay stuck in this lower frequency or lower vibration of who they truly are. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that about your book. Your book is a true manual. So you talk about there how to get rid of bad habits, how to get rid of your limiting beliefs, developing better beliefs uh, and habits, etc. So let's talk a little bit about the how, because um, I think a lot of people have been told that if you really put your mind to it, you focus on it and you want it, thought will be followed by uh, emotion and then by motion. Sure. But this is very, sure. very easily said because um, I don't know about your limiting beliefs, but I think limiting beliefs, if I think about my own limiting beliefs, certainly was not something that I had until I was about five or six years old because I think sure. I was fantastic. I was a baby. <laughs> I was this, that, and the other. Nothing was of any kind of uh, limit or impossible. I thought it was beautiful. Sure. I ate when I was hungry. I didn't when I wasn't. I fought when I wanted. So I wasn't yet in that social context. But then education comes, formation comes, you know, the nurturing uh, of the nature yeah. comes. So um, limiting beliefs go back way beyond what you were saying, consciousness. It's in our subconscious, which is part of who we are and most sure. of the time drives us. Now, A, how do we actually recognize, how did you recognize your limiting beliefs? Um, did you one day say, hey, something is stopping me, what is it? Um, and, and how did you really go about it on a personal level? Because I think coming out with a piece like you did in the Wealth Spark is something that is, you know, motivated also from within you, Reverend. I, I had the same childhood as you, I believe. It was it was a beautiful experience. I was, you know, treated like a prince and my brothers and sisters as well. And, you know, my sisters were told they were princesses and they bought Barbies and, you know, every everything was going well, both parents in the home. Uh, and it's right around high school, I became a, I became an athlete. I, I was, you know, pretty good in sports and Uh, but the sports could only happen if uh, I was following it up with good grades. So they would not they would not reward bad behavior. And that was a good thing. But then one day my dad had a, a serious accident, a fall, 
and uh, developed a blood clot in his brain. And a few years after that, he passed away. But from, from that experience, um, I, something shifted in me. And, and, and of course, we were a part of a fundamental religious group, uh, you know, Pentecostal uh, group. It wasn't, you know, mainstream, but still uh, fundamental in, in its thinking. And that wasn't working for me anymore. I just could not find solace in it. There was no comfort uh, for me. And I was really reaching for something more. And I, and I kind of went on this quest, not knowing at the time that that's what it was, but I went on a quest to find out what works for me. And I walked into a new thought study group uh, one time and I sat and just sat in the back, you know, just trying to keep myself, you know, uh, out of the picture. And, and I started hearing things I had never heard before. The number one thing that, that brought a shock to me was that, that God is within me. And that did something to me. I'm like, God is within me. And, and then, it, you know, it's, it was backed up by facts, you know, and, and and the fact that even Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. I started um, I started on this quest of truth to to know more about myself. Who are you? Oh my God, I'm a being of light. God is in me. I you know I have special powers too, you know, and and I began to realize that all I had to do was you know stop looking on the outside for my truth. Stop looking externally for how I could bring about a better life. Stop looking at material goods as being something that can bring me satisfaction and begin looking within myself. And, and I discovered then the law of attraction that by working on myself, by making myself a better person, I attract better things to me. So it all started to, to blend and to, to work together. And I started seeing evidence of it because it was working in my own life. I was feeling better. You know, I was moving better. I felt, you know, I felt like um, that I had uh, unlimited um, potential. And so that that led me on this even deeper journey. And, and one day I walked into a larger organization and Marianne Williamson was the spiritual leader. And there was probably 2,000, 2,500 members there. And I'm hearing more of the same stuff, more of the same truth. And I, I felt called. I, I don't know what it was. I was in business. I was doing really well. You know, there was really nothing, you know, holding me back. But I felt called to do something different, to serve. And so I went to her to talk to her about it. She she began guiding me and took me under her wing and showed me what I should do. I applied for seminary, spent four years in seminary, and it was a beautiful, uh, a beautiful thing. It worked out so well. Uh, I don't I, I don't know how, you know, things just were so easy in 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 seminary. And it was like the Red Sea, the Red Sea had parted for me. So, you know, from there, I, I the 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 journey becomes even bigger, you know. It's just it's just living each day in a positive way, coming forth with some gratitude. And that's a hard thing for people to do is to be grateful for the life that they have. Uh, this morning, uh, for instance, I woke up, you know, and, and I always have gratitude practice where I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And I started preparing for for, for, for this for, to come and meet you. And I just knew it would be great. And I realized, and, and I often do, that everything uh, in my life, 
if every experience, every trial, every every heartfelt moment, everything that I've experienced led to this moment for me to talk to you. And so I'm so grateful for that because I, it shows that I'm alive, that I'm living in the present, and, and that I am working toward my goals all the time. Mm. Um, I love the way you describe that pivot through, unfortunately, your dad passing, saying, hey, there must be more, you know, my belief system yes. until then. Interesting, I'm asking you about limiting beliefs, but that, that pivotal moment in your life with your dad passing wasn't necessarily limiting beliefs, but questioning the beliefs you were given, even in the context of the family, sure. as far as I understand. Now, now from, from that, um, you saying, okay, God is in, within me or the energy, the light is in within me and what I make of that, as yes. you were saying, that self-improvement is the law of attraction. Action is a big part of, a big part of the word attraction, as we all know, is the action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did that change your own sabotaging self-talk, which you might have had, might not, but what we talked about before that holds so many people back from really um, going after, not, not only going after abundance and success because everybody wants it, but failing or giving up yeah. on themselves ultimately. I really see that, that most of us are not aware of what we have inside of us, that, the, the, that, that God actually lives within us, that we're one with God. You know, we were created by God in his image and likeness, as they say. And so uh, it, it's really hard to put down the social kind of programming, you know, like we grow up in our family's home. We learn the religion of our family. We we learn to do things like our families teach us. And we we look at that as being our mom and dad, but it's not. It, it, it goes far beyond that. It goes from what our parents learn from their parents and what their parents, that is a part of who we are. So we have to begin to shake kind of the the, the the personal program, the social programming, the things we see out here in the world of these these things that are telling us, especially in America, that we're a capitalist society and that we have to earn capital. You know, we have to work hard in order to have happiness. And these are all limiting ideas, limiting beliefs that go along with everything that we're dealing with on a daily basis or that we are pulling into our subconscious mind. So for, for me, it's really important, really, really important that we, you know, begin to center ourselves, you know, become mindful, you know, self-reflect, uh, get into the, get into doing affirmations and visualizing our highest selves. And from there we can achieve those moments of abundance and success. And I write about them in depth in the book because I really want people to get that, that if you can change your idea, your perspective on how you are viewing or seeing your life, uh, you can grow, attract, and come into a greater awareness of who you are. Mm. Um, it's very, very interesting. I'm, I'm studying NLP and also cognitive therapy right now and uh, we are going very much into you know how to change a mindsets reframe um, looking at um, positioning of different perspectives and actually get yourself into the mode of recognizing first of all what is the current mindset and how do I need to perhaps change it and what I thought was interesting yeah. in my studies is that whilst um, scientists like Gabor Mate that are so much about trauma childhood trauma which is important but they you know the nlp uh, specialists and also cognitive therapists they say 
yes, it is there. Yes, but we have tools and those tools you also talk about. We can change the mindset in the here and now without digging really, really deep. So there is something that sure. you can do. And um, sure. as I mentioned earlier, you know, you have, for example, the wealth mindset development, seven accurate steps one can take. In, in chapter five, you talk about the habits of successful people, for example, what do they do? So talk to us about the main points in my here and now, limiting beliefs or not, uh, negative chatter or not, um, what I can do if I say, all right, how do I even change, let's say, the, the word problem into something more positive, like challenge. Challenge can be appetizing. It can be something that you go like, oh, yes, I'm competitive. I'm going to compete against whatever is going to happen. It's not a problem, but it's a challenge and I will overcome. Give us a couple of the main steps you write about in the book that bring us to A, the recognition, B, perhaps the acceptance, and then the reframing to then move on to things like visualization, as you were saying, and also positive affirmations. The key points for me uh, to uh, in dissecting the whole thing is that we, we really have to begin to center ourselves uh, on uh, going go within for ourselves. And I, I believe that starts with meditation, um, with really getting into the flow of our good. For me, meditation means um, coming into the present moment, uh, breathing into uh, the experience, allowing myself to, um, to, to become open to hearing my intuition, the, my inner guide, and to begin to follow uh, in, in that place. But I also believe that we, we have to begin celebrating our wins, we, we don't celebrate our wins enough, and we win so much in life. I mean, uh, every day we wake up is a win. Every breath we take is a win. Every time we interact with someone we love, it's a win. And we really need to begin celebrating uh, those wins. Also, I, I truly, uh, and uh, as I spoke of earlier, gratitude plays a huge role in attracting our good to us because the, by concentrating and being grateful enough, we begin attracting more things to be grateful for. But when we hold on to those limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs, the scarcity, the negative self-talk, past hurts and pains, things, uh, the fear and, and whatnot, we only attract negativity to us. And, and I brought up before the idea of, of how we've learned from our parents. And, and, and it's not to say that our parents did anything wrong. They, they, they did the best they could in most situations. I'm, I'm reminded of the, the saying, uh, although our parents were the first to love us, they were also the first to wound us. And, and, and I don't believe they did that consciously, but they brought to us the things that have structured the, the structure of who we are. And we uh, have the responsibility of growing from that, you know, of taking it to the next level. And so in, in the book, I, I really like to uh, take the time to shift the perspective, as you were saying, of people from thinking about problems to thinking about projects. If we think of a problem, we're giving the problem power. If we think about it as a project, we're giving the power to finding a solution for it. And that that empowers us uh, to to bring forth a more enlightened and uh, realistic point of view. Our failures and challenges and the things that show up in our lives are truly only setbacks to something greater. And if we can begin to 
you know, to move from that idea, you know, no problem, no failure, no rejection has ever really kept us down. It's us continuing to think about it that keeps us down. So we just have to change um, that mode of thinking and move into a greater growth mindset of, of wealth and prosperity and and personal um, personal habits that will lead to a, a greater good. Mm, the power of failure. I like that one. Uh, and there is true power. And you have so many interesting, um, you know, personalities. You tell those stories, for example, for, from J.K. Rowling. And, and there was a fantastic quote, I think, yes. something along the line saying, OK, now I've hit rock bottom, which is a fantastic base to kind of, you know, yes. ability yes. to start all over. I love that. I love I love her story. Anyway, it's it's fabulous. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I was just thinking that you know goal setting is so important so before going into okay mindset and abundance and what do i want i think goal setting doesn't that already depend on a status quo yes. analysis starting from not what i want and meaning what my scarcity is as you was just saying so what are the things that are lacking but from okay what do i actually have like kind of an in inventory through the attitude of gratitude yeah that you say okay okay before i set my goals let's have yes. a look at not what i don't have but what i do have and then we see what do i actually where do i want to grow from here you know one of one of the the biggest um i would say the greatest the greatest challenge that comes to me from others is uh, the need for um, uh, money or health or something like that. But, but you know, it, it comes in the guise of prosperity. Like, how do I prosper? How do I, how do I, I, I gain prosperity? And, and this is another reason I wrote the book, because I, I really wanted to redefine that idea. Like, we've got to get out of the traditional view of it. And, and so the, the idea for me is that we come into a whole a whole idea of what prosperity is. We have to make the changes within ourselves first in order for us to have the prosperity or the health or all these other things that we want. We have to make some changes in our own life. If we're struggling with some health challenges, you know, we have to begin to eat differently, to, to exercise, to sleep more, to practice more self-care. If we want more prosperity, we've got to begin to looking look look at how we handle our finances or how we we really walk the walk or put feet to our faith. So the the, the idea for me is that we always uh, and, and continuously or or begin with setting goals. And I say that because uh, if we if we're not setting a goal, if we don't have a plan, what is, what is the saying? If you if if you plan to fail, if you so fail, you fail to plan, plan, you plan, you to, plan fail. to fail. And yep. so I, I think you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if if we don't set if we don't sit down and make a plan for what we want, even if it's the smallest desire, now how can we reach it? So I, I really want people to to get into the big picture of it with their goal. Like, uh, think about what they truly want. You know, map it out from detail to detail to to the outcome. Like, what is what is it that you truly want? What is your goal? Now let's break it down into really small pieces, and let's see what can we do today as one of those pieces. And so as we work on it in that way, um, we begin to reach our goals moment by moment, day by day, and it really begins to attract to us our good because we start to see the bigger picture working out in our lives.
Yeah, and um, you described that so well with uh, this mind map, you know, really kind of saying, uh, actually making people, you know, draw a circle on a piece of paper with my life and then aspects they want to change and then the how, and then it becomes sure. all uh, like a matrix of where I could go, where I want to improve, where I want to evolve and grow, yeah, and then really go through it systematically. But the important point I think that you're making, which I love, which I follow as well, is like the the one percent rule every day the compound benefit of not changing everything yes. oh you know a hundred percent but a little bit every <laughs> yeah. single day consistently <laughs> but you know just just circling back as you were saying um previously about you know the the action needs to be there and that made me remember uh this joke where a guy says Oh Lord, please let me win the lottery. Why would I win the lottery? And God says, yeah. Well, how about buying a ticket first? And <laughs> yes. you know, so what it actually means is very funny, but here the story tells you you need to do something in order to get something. So, you know, appreciate the 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 fact that you will have to sit down and actually think yes. about numbers, put them down, and then hand in the lottery ticket for it by the way and then you might have a chance but this just to say that there's just a lot more and what i i wanted to really go into is exactly what you were saying about action because it's again very easy to say just take action make a plan follow it through but people procrastinate people yeah. want to be perfectionist yes. people just yes. are totally afraid of yes. change because because they're going to be different maybe their environment their, their their friends don't like them anymore because well they don't smoke with them or drink with them or do drugs with them anymore so they're not pally yes how do we overcome this there's this kind of innate fear that's out there is there's a fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of, of what's to come. And so uh, in many cases, we we have a task before us, but we 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 just leave it, you know, sitting there. You know, we procrastinate. We're we're not ready to move into the, the greater aspect of our being in most cases, because every action leads to a greater reaction. And so. I really talk about procrastination because I want people to get out of that mindset. If if you're a procrastinator, then why not take that project and break it into something smaller, something that's easy, something that you can see yourself doing, and then move from it in that way, in that 1% or in that 1% way. Just make it something better each time. It will come into what you truly want. The perfectionism part is something that's uh, is very true, especially for our type A society who, who who tend to want things structured and organized and perfect in a certain way. I have uh, someone who even like has to have their napkin and fork in a certain way. Uh, in order to feel comfortable before eating. And so the, these 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 kinds of values are not serving our highest good. And so when we get into the fear and the perfectionism and the, the procrastination, they're really limiting or their limitations or bringing forth a lack kind of consciousness where we're not performing at our highest level or looking at being our highest selves. And, and that's what we truly want. The, the 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 real problem for challenge for me i would say is that is that there's a disconnect uh between who we are in our own source uh 
I, I, I liken it to being separate, you know, separating ourselves from God. Um, because if we're in the in the mode of 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 seeing ourselves in a connection with our source with God, then we know that everything's unlimited. You know, all things work together for good for those who love the, the Lord. That's that's what it says in the Bible. So it's it's really challenging when we make this disconnect. And God really never moves from us because God is in us. It's us who tend to move away from God or our spiritual selves or our highest selves. And so we, we really have to get into the point, again, of that mindfulness, of the meditation, you know, staying in a constant centeredness, you know, paying attention to our thoughts um, and, and just allowing ourselves to grow from there. And that, and that's those are all action steps. Those are all things we can start doing right now that won't cost us anything. Mm -hmm. Reverend James, let me just challenge you on one point, and that is that separation from God. Because I think uh, everybody, like parents, sure. also with children, they don't intend to do harm. And certainly nobody proactively would say, I want to separate myself from the greater power, which actually is a beautiful feeling sure. because it is empowering. But what may happen is maybe not even a proactive separation, but about the feedback in the environment. So um, just imagine a person that is definitely full of this, this, this beautiful energy, this beautiful source, and with that attitude going out and earning failure over failure over failure. The first time, the second time, the third time, there's the power of failure. Fair enough. The fourth time, he just thinks, oh, my God, then, mm -hmm. you know, the father dies. The brother has an accident. The wife uh, gets cancer, God forbid. Yeah. And they say, I've been left by God. Is something happened. I've been, I have been separated. Sure. So in that point, they kind of like, of course, you tend to switch in the victim role, uh, into the victim role rather sure. than, okay, I, I can handle, I can manage as long as I am, I'm, I'm close to myself, mindful, uh, and go about life in a certain mindset. But that can be really damaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. And, and and these are the things that move people away from their source. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really challenging to find um to find ourselves, you know, in, in these positions and not know what to do. Honestly, that's kind of a part of life. You know, when I, I let me give you an example. When when I've had challenges myself uh in the past. I've wondered, you know, to myself, what am I going to do? You know, uh, at that time that my father passed, that happened. And then him being the breadwinner, we had to give up certain things. And, and it just kind of uh, it was a chemical reaction from there. Just things kept happening and kept happening. And, and later I discovered, you know, this story. Um, and everyone knows the story of Job in, in the Bible. And so Job lost everything. You know, his his health went bad. He lost his kids. He lost his farm. He lost his animals. He was in such a bad way. And he continued walking down that road. Like, what am I going to do? Why is God doing this to me? And later, when he finally found himself, when he started exploring what's within him, he, he said, it's the spirit within a person and the breath of the Almighty that makes us understand. And so many of us don't take the time uh, to go within and acknowledge the spirit within us, to really breathe into the moment and begin to uh, come forth from it in, in a better way, just kind of 
kind of looking at things uh, differently. When he was able to look at things differently, he was able to receive twice what he had lost before. But when we stay stuck in that moment, when we kind of stay in the muck, we're only going to see from the perspective of where we are. So I want people to know that they have to move. They have to do something. You have to move out of that perspective and into a new perspective. And even though it's probably the hardest thing you're going to do, it's necessary. And, and it's something that each one of us can do if we just put forth the effort. Yeah. Uh, in, in that chapter, you also look at this um, action mind map. What I thought was interesting when you were just talking is moving into another perceptual you know, position, we call it in, in cognitive therapy, is mm -hmm. you have the first position, which is you and I um, looking out. Second one is I'm empathizing with you and I say, okay, Reverend James, sure. looking at me and feeling me and hearing me in this way. And then you have the third perceptual position, which is me dissociating and looking from above at both of us having this conversation. All right. Sure. And this is an extremely powerful tool, I find, in the yeah. moment of when you were saying, okay, you get all this muck thrown at you, just don't drown. Yeah. You know, just pull yourself yeah. out. You can dissociate, not from yourself, but from the situation. I, I know... love that. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Go yeah. Ahead. And, and, and so uh, I love that you brought that up because it's it's a very important point. You know, we we have to detach ourselves from the pain, the hurt. It was a uh, meditation practice that began uh, in the Northeast, and I attended uh, the practice. What the the concept involved, the meditation itself, was to sit in the silence, begin to breathe, and then practice a form of visualization. The visual, like, what is this? I mean, oh my God, no, I, that's 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 weird. But it turned out to be one of the greatest things that I'd ever learned. And what the visualization was is that we would visualize ourselves going off of the planet, leaving the planet, going up to a planet like Venus or you know, or Mercury or something like that. And then visualize ourselves staying in that moment, sitting ourselves down on the planet and then looking back at the earth uh, to, to see our problem. And looking at it from that perspective, everything became so small. That's it. That's it. And it is so powerful. Like, oh my God, it's really not that big of a deal. Exactly. <laughs> I've only made it a big deal in my mind. Yeah, yeah, so you're Absolutely. right about the dissociation. Yeah. Absolutely, Reverend James. And I think that was right <laughs> one of the first lines that everything starts with a thought. And this is why I think cognition yes. is so important. Everybody says, yeah, but your emotions, your emotions. Yeah, emotions are there and they're very, very important for two reasons. A, sure. can, they can make a you know wrong cognition, change them into a right one, or you know the, the, the thought itself can change. Uh, emotions and that's I think right yes that, that that is so important and also in your book is is kind of finding how to break a bad habit and how to create a good habit it starts with goal setting but it starts then or continues then also to getting into the motivation into the momentum and this is very much driven by uh, you sure. know, your, even your physicality. I mean, we, we learned, for example, something that is very, very interesting. If you procrastinate, for example, you're going to, I know I've got to do it, but you feel lethargic, that you start hopping, sure. literally hopping like the Maasai. You know, the Maasai dance, they go up and down, up and down. You start yes, kind of yes. like, <laughs> like a bunny rabbit. 
you do that just for <laughs> 10 times and you're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to conquer the world. So sometimes just overcoming this, yes. you just yeah. say, you know, there's this cognitive friction you have to do anything. And then you put yourself into a mode and you change state and then you're ready to ready to rock, literally. Yeah. And, and that's just what it is. We're, we're all uh, beings of energy. And uh, often we we don't use our energy. We 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 kind of you know leave it you know sitting there. We're not in the flow of life. And the moment that we can get our energy flowing, as you were saying with the Maasai dance, we can get ourselves into the flow of something greater. You know, and and that uh, that's probably one of the biggest challenges we have, even with the procrastinator. They they, they just won't energize. You know, I, I always talk to people that are that are kind of low energy, uh, that they have to, they have to begin doing something. You know, take a walk, work out, do a jumping jack or two. Uh, you know, uh, find something that you're passionate about, and through that passion, you will you will start using this energy, and you find the more energy you use, the more you are given, the more you have. Mm. And so, yes, you're absolutely right. Mm. If you if you had to say if you in the past had to break a bad habit, what was your key to it? What did you use or what do you use still to really go like, no, this is enough now, James, I need to move on. I have to leave this one behind, let it go and replace it with something more productive. How do you go about it? I think the first step in, in any situation like that in breaking a habit is acceptance. And from there, you can begin to work your way out of it. But if you don't accept it, if you still see it as something that you're, you know, you know, it's like the addict saying, I can quit. I can quit anytime I want, you know, and that person hasn't accepted that they're powerless over this drug. So the moment you begin to practice acceptance, then you can turn it over and into something else. Mm. And another thing I thought was very interesting also in the context of your work and your current position as CEO of Unity Chicago is community. Now, talk to uh, me a little bit about that, Reverend uh, James, how important it is to have somebody like you or your community to, um, you know, A, own up and be honest, maybe about some things uh, you don't only want to change, but you need to change because you're hurting yourself or you're sure. hurting people you're meant to love or friends or whatever. How do sure. you, when somebody approaches you for support, what's the way a how they, do they approach you and what what is the best way you can help or anybody in the community give support the good thing about community is that you're you'd be on different places on the path but you're all on the same path and i, I kind of talk about that in chapter four that action step as well because i want people to begin to get into the idea of finding a, a place of support for them something that simply resonates with them. It, like that place I walked into that took for me, it changed my entire life. And many people are searching or on their own quest. Uh, but you have to really find like-minded people, you know, but, and, but not, not like-minded like you are, like-minded like you want to, to be. You know, you have to bring yourself into a place of, if, if this is what I want and this is my goal, then I need to start you know, hanging around people that have the same goal. If this is my desire, I need to start hanging around people who have my same desire. 
we learn from one another as beings of oneness. So very easy for us to get into uh, a new way of doing things into transformation if we find people that have the same objective. You know, the 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 biggest challenge is, and they say this in twelve step circles, is that we we want to change, but we 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 want to keep the same people, places, and things. And if you want to change, you have to detach yourself from the people, places, and things and begin to do a new thing. Yeah, absolutely. That is so spot on. And I think there is a saying that, you know, watch out who you, who you hang out with, you eventually become them. So apparently like the six yes. people closest yes. to you, if if you want to lose weight and they're all obese and going from one fast food restaurant to the next, well, guess what? How, you know, how strong are you really going to be? And, uh, you know, that's one thing I wanted to share with you and I wanted to, to hear your opinion. So there's, for example, one exercise. I mean, you don't always have the luxury of having a community or having close friends or even having mm -hmm. the courage mm -hmm. to own up that you you yes. do have something you need to work on or you don't like what, about yourself. And we we yes. have an exercise of what we do, which is basically you you say, okay, my goal is, I was working with, with one lady who said, my goal is I want to have a better memory. So the exercise is really easy. So you take them basically as a hypnotic experience. You take them into hypnosis. And then um, before you do that, so what is your goal, a better memory? Now imagine... Who do you think you would like to be that could uh, that has a great memory that could help you? And yes. so she said, Albert Einstein, I think he must have a great, great memory because of all these formulas and whatever. So I yes. took her into yes. hypnosis and she was there and I had her see Albert Einstein and uh, in a corner and was chatting with people. And I have had her become him, change perspective and kind of all of a sudden yes. empower herself with that, that now she had exactly the same memory capacity like Albert Einstein. And, you know, this kind of uh, having an idol, becoming the idol and then stepping out into yourself and then taking that experience with you to your consciousness from that hypnotic experience is a sure. very powerful exercise for, for people that m might not always, you know, be able to run to a community for support, but that's right. Need to do it themselves to have these kind of tools and and i think in in one of your exercises you don't have it described like that but you know always imagine hey what were they able to do and they persisted and how did they That's do right. it and 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 that is extremely inspirational and that is what i wanted to really say the ins you yes. know inspiring stories can fulfill you and then make you act out yes I didn't know that I was going to be adding stories when, when I began writing a book in, in, in that way. But as I was moving through the process, I kept seeing like, wow, Jim Carrey, you know, did that. Or, you know, Rosa Parks did that. Or Helen oh, Keller did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Serena Williams. I'm like, yeah. And, he, the, and I knew that they sparked something in me. So I, I, I decided... Then, you know, it's, like, it's not a, a form of hypnosis, but it, it's just as good to be able to give people the opportunity to see these kinds of things working out in the average everyday person and, and showing them or, or, or bringing to their awareness that this is something that you can do as well. There's nothing holding you at, back from being your, your best self. And, and I really wanted to challenge people in that way to begin to move forward begin to practice and find people out here who have been through the same thing you've gone through.
There, there's so many. I spoke about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant in, in one sense because, you know, Kobe Bryant absolutely wanted what Michael Jordan had been doing. So he began to talk to himself about it, to mimic what Michael Jordan was doing and became, you know, just as fantastic to me. So there are many examples out here for us to to follow that will lead us uh, to our right and perfect place. And, and and I love the stories as well. I, I get a kick out of them. I still read them, even though I wrote them, you know, so yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it's a fun thing. Yeah, I can also reread, reread all over. <laughs> I find it extremely empowering. And I think when you talk about visualization, it's one of those words, you know, Reverend James, that is, is, uh, is so overused and misunderstood, I think. And what you were just saying is is so important because visualization yeah. goes beyond the meditative state. You just not, not only imagine, but with that, with that imagination, you actually change the feeling within you. And if you bring this feeling into acting out, sure. and I want to say just pretend to what would Michael Jordan do yeah. now? What would Serena Williams, uh, right. you know, respond? And all of a sudden you already have a different mindset and you may react differently. Yes. And people go like, yeah, you're absolutely cuckoo until we say, well, you just try. That's right. Yes. And, and that is the, the thing. There, There is going to be pushback uh, from those who are out there, uh, of course, especially those who want us to stay in the same place or frame of mind that we're in. But I, 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 I would say to begin to mimic someone else or to find your way into doing something new, push forward, you know, get moving. Doc, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. And um, just to start concluding our fantastic conversation, Reverend James, um, looking at your books, there's so many good exercises and really do this, do that, to change your habits. This is what powerful people do or successful people do. If you had to put it in a nutshell and say, listen, these are the three things I'd say you should start, just start, just try, try to try them out. And then that will already help yes. you to perhaps a accept certain things, B maybe change your mindset and, uh, you know, um, see, actually give you the momentum or the motivation to then start the action. What would you say the three key things? Yes. So, so the, the, the idea uh, behind the WellSpark and its strategies is that, you know, to begin to use these stuff. So many people uh, have become concerned with what they look like, their appearance, what, how they are on the outside. And, and they will exercise, go to the gym, do all of these great things uh, to bring this look that they truly want. But hardly anyone or a very small percentage are doing that same kind of muscle building on the inside. And that's what these strategies are really created for us to begin to do, to exercise, to build those inner muscles. So I would say uh, definitely move from um, the scarcity mind to abundance thinking. Uh, secondly, I would say cultivate gratitude. I find that you are that you are living in a, a, a world you are already walking. And then the third thing I would say is that uh, to embrace learning, allow yourself to read, to grow, to watch shows and, and podcasts like this because you'll get so much out of it. You know, attend webinars. You know, meet new people. Allow yourself to continue growing and learning, and you can't miss. 
Yeah, no, I, I love those three things. You know, um, scarcity to to abundance, gratitude, and then also the um, eternity in learning because um, if you stop learning, of course, there's no point in living. I always think, even though I have to say, sometimes my husband gets upset with me because I walk around with my <laughs> iPad in the house depending on what I have to do in terms of chores. And there's always a podcast on. I mean, all the time, there is some, you know, the big thing or, you know, all in or whatever podcast. Yes, yes. And, I, and I love them and I learn a lot about them. And uh, as I learned from your book, Reverend yes. James, and let me just finish with uh, with one of the openers of your Sunday Mass. It was towards the end of last year, if I may share that uh, with our community. And that was the serenity prayer um, you, you hit your community oh. with on that Sunday. And the quote was, God, yeah. grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And yes, that is not a problem, but that is certainly a project, as we said earlier. Yes, <laughs> your, your last yes. comment on that one. It, it is, me. and the the serenity prayer has been used for uh, countless people in overcoming addiction, whether it's alcohol, sex, whether it's you know the 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 parent of an alcoholic or the husband or wife, the spouse of an alcoholic or someone who's using drugs. And so I, I thought it would be a great, um, a great thing to bring into the community because there's always something that we're dealing with. Every one of us has one of those little quirky habits, whether it's seen or unseen that we need to find, you know, find our way out of or move uh, beyond and so I thought the serenity prayer would be the perfect notion because we, we have to begin to accept the things we cannot change. We, we really have to begin to, to, to come into a knowing that we can accept it and we can move on from it, you know, and, and then moving on from there, you know, we just, we're just asking for peace of mind. And truly for me, that is the greatest form of wealth. So to, to talk about, you know, peace of mind and accepting the things I can't change and then, you know, the courage to make a transformation if necessary. No, no, I think it's, it is a fundamental one. And I think the serenity of mind you just mentioned is actually extremely powerful because if you just yes. accept that it is so unnecessary to waste your time, your energy, yes. your emotions on something that you just can't change, that's actually a gift. Be grateful. You don't have to do anything about it apart from accepting it and moving on and actually focus on yes so incredible yes <laughs> not only limiting mindset, but limits come from that you are so involved in things you can't change anyway i mean okay the plane is late read a book yeah. Wait, you've got time to read a book yeah yeah right <laughs> Right. Anyway, so wonderful yeah, to have yeah, you here yeah. uh, on On the Pulse, Reverend James Parker. That's the book you've written. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is concise, a lot of action in there. The Wealth Spark, igniting your path, and it is a path here to abundance and success. And just to remind everybody here in the community and myself, a path means you've got to walk. You gotta walk the talk. You gotta walk the read. So that's right. So yes. much, <laughs> Reverend Parker. Yes, <laughs> it was great to have you on the show. We go out there together. We begin to share together. We find our way together. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.